Thank you, Marianne. That is a great reminder of the leaders that God chooses. So I want to pray for our kids. Lord, thank you that our kids are just ordinary kids. But that doesn't mean that you don't intend for them to be a part of your kingdom and to be leaders in your kingdom and to uh, really um, be people that love you from the inside out. So I just want to bless our kids. And as they go about the ordinary things of cleaning their bedrooms and helping mom with dishes or laundry, uh, Lord, help them remember that you're the God that sees them and loves them and that you definitely are calling them into a life of uh, knowing you and loving you and serving you, however that might be. So bless our kids. Let them know you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Well, last Sunday I announced some very good news. The positivity rate of COVID-19 had finally dropped to 5% in Comal County. That 5% is the threshold that our leadership team has been waiting for before we begin to talk about plans of regathering for in-person meetings. Now, on the one hand, the first step toward regathering that we talked about last week, that, that remains the same. Our first step towards regathering is uh, reactivating small groups. Those small groups would be two or three families agreeing to meet whenever best suits them, as many times per month that suits them. And these small groups would be under 10 people for the time being, parents and children. Well, our hope is that these small groups can form organically from our community. We, we want each family to select another family or two without administrative help. Now, don't panic. Uh, of course, if anybody needs help connecting with other families, we, we're here to help. But we want as many that can uh, to make a, just to make that contact with another family or two, get the ball rolling. And then we know at the present time, we know two groups are already meeting and that's great. So keep it up. There's no need to start another group. But as groups form, we want to know uh, the who, the when, the what, the where of each group. And that's simply because we want to come along with uh, encouragement. But that's another day. We're not, well, our first step is just to get the ball rolling and activating small groups for our community. So we can be doing that. And then the other hand is that positivity rate coming down to 5% is one thing. Maintaining that 5% for 14 days is another thing. Sadly, our positivity rate rose to 9.35% this week. Oh, that's really hard. to The, the yo-yo of this is difficult. But... We, we learned last week from someone that's an authority in public health that viruses like this wax and wane. They go up, they go down. This week illustrates that. And according to this health professional who is also a follower of Jesus, we, we want to organize our return so that we create a system that can dial up or dial down as the virus waxes and wanes. And we really believe that small groups can do just that. 
And that's why we really believe that reactivating small groups in our community is really needed. I, I, as I've said several times, I want to say it again because I want you to know I really regret that as we canceled our service in person, we were not able to fall back into several community groups so that, that we could maintain relationship outside of our church building in small groups and do some of the things that we've really missed. So I don't want to miss that opportunity again. And this, I believe this virus or others were going to be with us, so I want to prepare. So we want to first step toward regathering in person in this building is to get our small groups up and running together. Now, Paul writes about community life in many places, but I, wanna, I want you to focus on Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 to 16 this morning. Let me read that, and then I'm going to read it again because it's a short passage. I just wanted to kind of soak in. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery by their craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head into Jesus, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Let some of that soak in. Let me read it again. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Jesus from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Paul illustrates the life of a community following Jesus as a physical body. This body has a head, Jesus, and many parts, those who follow Jesus. The head of the body... And the parts of the body relate to Jesus and to one another. They're all interconnected. This figurative body, just like our physical bodies, is meant to grow and in that growth to mature. The body of Christ matures as we speak the truth in love. Deceivers prying on the naivete of Christ followers have the potential of stunting the emotional and spiritual maturity of the church. Deceivers who prey on the naivete of Christ's followers has the potential of stunting the emotional and spiritual maturity of the church. As long as the church is immature, it's tossed to and fro, it's blown here and there by every wind of errant doctrine. Errant doctrine comes from crafty, and cunning human beings who are ready to do anything in order to deceive. From my perspective, and speaking the truth in love, there are many winds of deceit 
blowing today. There are religious winds like QAnon that are leading immature followers of Jesus astray. There are partisan political winds blowing strongly, sadly. Politics in the U.S. allows far too many half-truths and out-and-out lies. There is no truth in politics laws like there is with products. There's also public health winds blowing. How tragic at a time when we need clear guidance from our public health officials is there this plethora of so-called experts with a different opinion based on what? There are winds of division blowing. No sense denying that. Our political, racial, judicial, and economic policies have converged in a gigantic storm. With the division comes distrust. And protest groups are now being demonized and their cries for justice and equality are delegitimized. <coughs> As I was reading this, just that faint whisper came into my head that this time of wind and deceit is also at a time when the church is not meeting together. It's at a time when many following Jesus are disconnected, alone. Remember the analogy? <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm sure you heard it sometime in uh, your upbringing of, as, a, as a follower of Jesus that if you look at the coals in the fire, as, as long as the coals are staying together in a fire pit, all the coals will stay hot. But if you take a coal away from that, that coal that, that will die, the heat will be lost because it's not in fellowship. Right now, in many ways, because we're not gathering in person as we have been, we're, we're isolated and we're vulnerable and the winds of deceit are blowing. We need to recognize that we are in a vulnerable state. Thank you very much. I really could go on and on, but I think you get my point. If we, the followers of Jesus, the one who said, I am the truth, cannot recognize the truth and speak the truth in love, then the church remains immature and vulnerable to the deceitful scheming of crafty and cunning human beings who seek to recruit the church to its cause, whatever that cause might be. Regardless of how good that cause might be, the church is never to be recruited to any other cause than the cause of Jesus. Now, in order to defend against deceit, we have to mature. And along with maturity comes growth. Now, most of the time, as we grow, we mature. Now, sometimes we joke about that but in reality we all agree it's best to grow and as we grow to mature the growth and maturity of the body of Christ is in reference to Jesus we are to grow up to mature with reference to him Jesus is our standard for growth and maturity this passage that we're looking at this morning 
mentions love two times. We are to grow up and mature into the love of Jesus. We are to love like Jesus loved. We are to grow and mature into a people who love one another like Jesus loves us, to love our neighbors like Jesus loves our neighbors, to, to even love our enemies whom Jesus loves. That's the love that we are to grow and mature in. And that's just one aspect of life. For growth and maturity to happen, every part of the body must participate. Uh, the church is a participatory sport. All of us are on the team. All of us have a place on the team. It, there's not just the team that, that's up front. We're all meant to be active members of the body of Christ. Let me read again. We must grow up in every way into him who is the head, that is Jesus, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it's equipped as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. According to those words, each of us as parts of the body of Christ have at least three functions. We connect, we support, and we work. Now, as we connect with one another, and I think that's especially in small groups, we connect the local body of Christ to each other. With that connection, we're connecting one to the other. Without us connecting, the body becomes disconnected. We function like the joints of our physical body. We keep everyone joined together as we join together. Every part must connect. And in connecting, we support. We provide support for one another by giving and receiving help. At times, we need physical help. I mean, I thought immediately of all the times, and I've lost count, that we've helped someone move. It's not our favorite thing to do. It just becomes comical because we show up to help people move. We've helped with providing meals. We've helped with providing finances. At times, we're there to support by listening, by laughing, by crying, by praying for one another. We're the ligaments that support the body. We connect the body. We support the body. And third, we connect and we support because we're working parts. Our power is action for one another. Our power is action for one another. Connection and support are not just lip service. It is each of us deciding to work for one another as members of the same body as needs arise. Every member of the body of Christ connects, supports, and is active. Now, each of us in a small group can discover how we connect, how we support, how we actively work to promote the body's growth. When one joint fails to connect, to support, or to act, it stops. I, I, let, me, let me use my ailing hip joint as an illustration of what I'm trying to say. 
for five years, I have struggled with an unhealthy hip joint. And as I've lost range of motion in my hip, I have two other joints that have begun to fail as well. One, L, one unhealthy joint, unable to provide the needed support for other joints, weakens those joints, and then activity becomes slow and painful. That's exactly what happens in the body of Christ when the joints start, stop connecting, when we stop helping, when we stop supporting, when we stop being active, the joints just become slow and painful. When one of us refuses to connect, there's a weak joint. And that weak joint puts strain on other joints. And our activity becomes slow, painful. We cease to mature. We can once again become vulnerable to deceitful scheming. So I don't even want to go there. I just want to say, let's say yes to the opportunity uh, that we have for maturity and growth through the activation of small groups in our community. I, I hope you can sense this is a big deal. Uh, this is the way that Jesus des designed the church, not the building. We don't need the building to be the church. But the ecclesia functions as a living body and you and I are parts of that body and every one of us are important for the functioning of that body. So in this season, it is critical. It's essential. It's part of us discovering how to be the church without a building that we, we join together in small groups. Now last week, I participated in four small groups. Our leadership team met on Sunday. I was in a men's Bible study on Wednesday morning. Wednesday afternoon, I attended an area meeting of Vineyard Pastors. And Thursday at noon, I attended a prayer meeting for Vineyard Missions. Now, each of those groups serves a different purpose. But I can tell you, I received the following benefits from participating in those small groups. Jesus was present at every small group. Where two or three are gathered together, there I will be. Jesus was there. We connected with Jesus and we connected with each other. We laughed and cried together. We lived in a mutual accountability with Jesus and with one another. We shared God's word together. We were built up in love for Jesus, for one another, for our neighbors, and even the nations. Small groups provide really big benefits. So how can we, as a community following Jesus, how can we get the ball rolling so that we can all, I mean all of us in our community, all of us benefit from small groups? I don't think it's going to happen in our own strength. So I want to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. I think it's an important step forward. So come Holy Spirit. Come and help us. Come and do your ministry with us this morning.
Holy Spirit, connect us with one another in small groups. Take away our excuses. Connect us. I'm I'm asking for your supernatural ministry among us to begin connecting two or three families together throughout our community. I want to ask you right now, just just do an assessment. What small group or groups do you currently attend? I'm not asking you to stop attending those. But if those are not with your local church family, they're not doing the same thing that is needed right now. So list right now, write, these, write this down. List the two or three families in the River City Vineyard community you want to connect with in a small group. Who are the, who, who's the two or three families? Then as you look at those names, how and when will you contact those families and ask about forming a small group? So I'm really ask, let's be a living body of believers. Let's be decentralized. Let's, let's mature. Let's not wait for somebody to tell us what to do. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, to organize us, to organically, spontaneously join us together, two or three families in small groups. Now, as that happens, those of us on the leadership team want to know who your group is. We, do, we want to know that really just so we can celebrate that groups are forming. And then we also, there are times that we want to support, support our small group leaders. So that's, that's it. That's the only reason that we want to know that. So Holy Spirit, help us. Let the body of Christ, this local body, mature and grow through our connection, our support, and our work as members of the body of Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'll follow up uh, with uh, an email to all of us this week just to see how you're doing. Uh, But we'll be praying that this will go well. And thank you so much. We come to the end of our time and I I want us to have everybody come say farewell. And so I'm going to step aside and let others come. And then I'll come back and uh, do the final, final farewell.